I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Welcome to our morning Bible study. Looking at the book of Acts. This is the Colanders here. Pastor Colander and Laura. We're Good morning. Reading through Acts. We're on chapter 7 this morning. And we'll get started right away. Stephen's speech to the Sanhedrin. Then the high priest asked him, Are these charges true? To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The glory of God appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and go to your people, God said, and go to the land I will show to you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here, not even a foot of ground. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham had no child. God spoke to him in this way. Your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated four hundred years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, God said, and afterward they will come out of that country and worship me in this place. Then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So he made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. Then a famine struck all Egypt and Canaan, bringing a great suffering, and when our fathers could not find food. When Je- Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out, sent our fathers on their first visit. On their second visit, Joseph told his brothers who he was, and Pharaoh learned about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent for his father Jacob and his whole family, seventy-five in all. Then Jacob went down to Egypt, where he and our fathers died. Their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought, from the sons of Haran at Shechem for a certain sum of money. As the time grew near for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. Then another king, who knew nothing about Joseph, became ruler of Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so that they would die. At that time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for in his father's house, When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his fellow Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to look more closely, he heard the Lord's, the Lord's voice. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. 
Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals. The place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses whom they had rejected with words, who made you ruler and judge. He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and did wonders and miraculous signs in Egypt, at the Red Sea, and for forty years in the desert. This is that Moses who told the Israelites, God will send you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the desert with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, and he received living words to pass on to us. But our fathers refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifices to it and held a celebration in honor of what their hands had made. But God turned away and gave them over to worship of the heavenly bodies. This agrees with what what is written in the book of prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the desert, O house of Israel? You have lifted up the shrine of Molech and the star of your god, Rephan, and the idols you made to worship. Therefore I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our forefathers had the tabernacle of the testimony with them in the desert. If <clears throat> I'm sorry, it had been made as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. Having received the tabernacle, our fathers under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations. God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David, who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built the house for him. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by men, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet that your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. <clears throat> Woo. That was a long... That was a big speech. <laughs> yeah, he's on trial, sort of. Yeah, I, I would say he's on trial. It's kind of Is a this like a legit trial? Or, or, okay. No, well, they had... He's arrested. But it's not like a secret middle-of-the-night trial where... No, but because he's brought in front of the Sanhedrin. He's not brought in front of... Well, so was Jesus, wasn't he? Correct. And that was at nighttime. But there, the plan <clears throat> to kill Jesus was always to hand him over to uh, the, <coughs> the Romans. So, first of all, because they could not kill Jesus by themselves, but also it takes some of the blame away from just the leaders that we went out and we decided that we are going to kill Jesus. They could have said, the Romans are the ones that decided that this man was leading an uprising because he's claiming to be the king of the Jews, and they're the ones that killed him. I don't want to spoil the next section, but 
How is that different than Stephen? If they do you think they intended to kill him? No. Oh, I don't so think they just so. were just I think they're just they were just when we get to that we'll talk about it. But they yeah. were just going to have a regular stand in front of the Sanhedrin and we're gonna yell at you? Was it, I mean like what consequence could this They have? could have imprisoned him, they could have so flogged the Jews him can and beat put him. them in their own prisons. Not in Roman prisons, but Correct. They can do a number of different things, but to put someone to death was not so the charges brought against him, yesterday we read, um, Stephen speaks words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. Um, he never stopped speaking against the holy place. We've heard him say Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs of Moses handed down to us. And then yesterday we, we said his face was glowing, and then that's where it stopped. So today... He's, when he starts going on and on about the history, it's because he's asked, are these charges true? Are you blaspheming Moses and our... Correct. He's, he's explaining that he is not the one that is changing any of the customs, and Jesus was not the one that was changing any customs. But all of the people that these Jewish leaders look to as their ancestors, their forefathers, the people that were so good because they followed the law, every single generation rebelled against God when God clearly gave them something. And there were big changes that took place. Abraham was called out of the land of the Chaldeans. That was a Big change for God to bring everyone into one group. Moses was handed, or Abraham was sent down into Egypt. That was a big change from the promise that they thought was going to take place, that they would just walk in there and God would give it to them. Moses being brought out and giving all the Ten Commandments. They didn't have the Ten Commandments before. So that was a big change that took place. Then going to the Promised Land, that was a big change. Over and over and over again, God does these changes not that this is important because the word change implies that could imply that God changes his mind in some way Mm -hmm. but a way to view it is God continues to reveal more of his will to get more of a complete picture Mm -hmm. so God has really never changed so it starts with just a promise to Abraham then the covenant of circumcision, then the Ten Commandments, and then that's when you get all those laws, the Levitical laws, the other things. and But that's the way they've been living for... Hmm. 1,500 years. <laughs> 1,500 years. And, uh, you know... Priests will do this. This is how you worship. These are the rules. This is the, you know, clean and unclean things and uh, how you deal with. I just listened to Leviticus the other day. It was, there's a lot of rules. They there are, but they every, have. every yeah. single time that God was leading them somewhere and was doing something really great for them. The people rebelled against God and 
They built a golden calf. Yeah. They they told Moses they wanted to go back to Egypt. Right. They, well, yeah. They're, the point of Stephen retelling the whole history is what he's trying to show that they are the like the next story. You're the. Yeah, they are the next story. You're, I am not the one that is rebelling. You are the ones that are rebelling against the will of God. And I know the will of God just like you do. I'm not someone that's coming in here with newfangled ideas. It is... It is always the people that are rebelling against what God's word wants them to do. So listen to me. This is God's word. There is precedent for God to reveal more of his will. And that will has come to completion in Jesus Christ. So please come to believe. But at a certain point when they are pushing back against God and pushing back against these prophets and refusing to listen to him, he needs to lay out the law in a very clear argument that you are the problem. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't mince words saying that. Mm-mm. So it's very clear to them. And it's also very clear to anyone else that listened to that trial. How this new church believes or what this, this group of believers that believes in Jesus Christ what they think about the established church and those that are pushing back against them. Mm. That, so. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a quick summary of the history of the Jews. Yeah, basically we (laughs) went through the last 30 chapters of Genesis and the book of Exodus. Some, uh, And then we touched a little bit on kings and prophets too. Sure. And, uh... Yeah, he ends that section with, You stiff-necked people, you have betrayed and murdered him. You have received the law and not put it into effect through angels. Or the that was put in effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. What do you think? Uh, do you want to quickly explain to me what that means? That I was would put just, in effect through angels? I would explain angels there in the sense that the the word for angel um angelone just means a messenger an announcer so the prophets were the ones that announced god's word to people hmm. and god's word was clearly given through a number of prophets throughout the Old Testament, many of whom we have, some of whom I should say, we have their writings listed. But there are many other prophets that spoke the word of God that we don't have anything listed of what they said. And a key thing, not a key, but a a marker of what they said throughout the Old Testament they continually call these people stiff-necked people. Mm-hmm. Meaning not that they're old or anything or not physically physically 
it just means that they refuse to turn their head and look at anything. It's basically you have blinders on. You are mm-hmm. you are not viewing the whole picture here. Okay. So. All right. So now I will read Acts 7, starting at verse 54. And I'm going to read just that first verse of chapter 8. Because Sounds good. this is a situation where there seems to be a weird cutoff in chapters. So we'll just um, finish this section called the Stoning of Stephen. Quickly to that point. <laughs> just so everyone no. is aware, chapter and verse numbers were not written by the writers of the book. They were put on in much later. Right. Yep. So it's, no, it's important to know when you see these God things. God didn't do it. It would make more sense if God did. <laughs> Some of these don't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, people later on. Well, you'll see. Let's read it. Do it for organization points. Okay, yeah. so the stoning of Stephen. We'll read this section. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open. And the Son of Man, standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. So if you're following along in your Bible, you probably could see that there's a big eight in front of, and Saul was there giving approval to his death. If you're in your Bible app, you probably had to like swipe ahead to the next chapter to get that one verse. But then, then there's a new section starting tomorrow. We'll read the church persecuted and scattered. So that's just why I said it doesn't make sense. This is the story of Stephen, and this is a part of that story, and they could have just tacked it on and made it verse 61 of uh, chapter 7, but for some reason it's verse 1 of chapter 8, and it's not really that important, and I'm not, like, upset about it, <laughs> but just curious to me. But I'm not upset. I'm not. I know. Neither of us is okay, upset. Okay, I didn't know if you were. <laughs> well, I don't want you to think, like, I stay up at night worrying about it, but... No. Um... Anyway, let's focus on what the message is here. And we can have another discussion about Bible verses and numbers and things like that some other time. So they have to have permission to kill someone. Is there going to be some consequences for them for just all of a sudden deciding to rush this guy and kill him without Roman There might be. I don't... I mean, Saul is there, and isn't Saul a Roman citizen? Saul is a Roman citizen. So he could have intervened. But he is not someone that has the authority to kill anyone. They still have to bring him in front of a governor of some sort. But he wouldn't have been someone to say, you guys shouldn't do this, you don't have the authority to do this, you need to bring him before the courts or something. It's mob mentality at this point. They're so upset. Just think of learned people that 
hear someone say something and their reaction is to cover their ears and yell at the top of their lungs <laughs> so they cannot hear anything else of what he is saying and they run at him to drag him out of the city. It's it's like a little child putting their hands over their ears and saying, la, 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 I can't hear you. It's It's very juvenile. It's I don't want to be... What's that? line Attacked? don't don't oh. confuse me with the facts i have my opinions <laughs> and well they're really upset this is no these are their deep-seated beliefs that they have a very long attack where he's comparing them to all of the worst people in the old testament the idol worshipers and that you know i think we read the bible the same way when we read about the people making the golden calf, like, oh, how could those people be so stupid and so self-centered and blah, blah, blah. Like, we worship the true God, not like these, whatever, fickle people of the Old Testament. And then if someone were to come in and say, your church or your church body or you specifically are like them, that would be offensive because we think so poorly of the you know the people who who'd made those decisions you know sure if there was a prophet writing about the christian church today mm-hmm. and he picked out some examples of the worst examples and worst corruption that the christian church has done in our generations there would be some horrific things listed there it doesn't mean that we're all responsible for them but they they're they're very offended by this yeah. and they don't want to listen anymore they're they're proving they are stiff-necked people but it just shows how when people resist the holy spirit very clearly Stephen is telling them what the truth is but their unbelief leads them to say, I do not want to listen to this. I do not want to listen to you. And I want to put you to death because I have no interest in changing the traditions. And then uh, when the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, is that like they're taking off their jackets so they can go stone Stephen and they're like, hold my jacket so it doesn't get dirty or something like why are they taking off their clothes and why is it important that they're putting it at the feet of um i'm sorry of stall of Saul? sure well they would be wearing large (coughs) a number of different uh pieces of clothing and depending if they were priests of some sort they would have been wearing larger garments and prayer shawls, different things like this. So to lay them there, the stoning was, yes, throwing rocks at someone, but a large part of stoning was also picking up just very, very large stones and standing directly over a person and pummeling them down with them. It's gross and grotesque, but that's more of what it is. There, There is the throwing at the beginning, but they would make sure or try to finish the job as, as much as possible as well. 
and it's barbaric but this is what this mob does uh, puts him to death and yeah, the Apostle Paul feels terrible about this later on when he's converted we're going to talk about that a bit and I, I wonder at this point is the Apostle Paul young when this happens so he is not someone that's going to participate is he weak in some way that he is not a very good stone thrower he's giving approval to his death if he was young I don't think anyone would be looking to him for approval or he could be a leader in this case where they're all looking to him as someone and he's not going to get his hands dirty he's going to let other people take care of this yeah maybe he was like I won't say anything about this to the authorities you know I'm not going to report you guys for this Mm-hmm. for killing someone without going through the proper channels. And this is the first time he's mentioned. He's mentioned. Yeah. As Saul, we're going to get more into him in just a few chapters here, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's also interesting that Stephen looks up and sees the glory of God or can see into heaven... But nobody else sees that. It's just like something God lets him see. It's a vision that God lets him see. And there are a number of people that see visions, the heavens torn open, and the vision of God. Jesus saw it at his baptism. (coughs) But you also have Jacob having this happen right after he flees from Esau and sees the stairway going up into heaven. Elijah, and I believe Elisha sees it as well. Later in the New Testament, you're going to have the Apostle Paul hearing the voice of the Lord, him talking about looking up into heaven and seeing some things. And John, as well, is going to have the vision in the book that we uh, of the Revelation that he has. So... Jesus did proclaim this, that some of you will not pass away before you you see this glory of God taking place. But God allows him to see this, which one was a great comfort for Stephen, that he was doing the right thing in this this hour of trial and at the end of his life that he was going to be with the Lord. And also it was a testimony to everyone standing there that... He's not afraid of death. He's not afraid of death. And from his testimony, God is also giving approval to him. Well, so the apo- wouldn't they have just thought he was making it up? They would have. Well, that's not really a testimony to them. Right? It doesn't... They're not going to It's be a like, testimony even if they don't believe it. Well, I suppose. <laughs> I guess that's true. But, you know, they're not going to... I don't know if anybody sitting there is going to be like, oh. Oh, he sees heaven. We don't don't yeah, throw another stone. Yeah. We didn't like what you had to say, but now that you said that, I'm sure you're telling the truth. If they didn't like what he had to say to begin with, I don't think they're, you know, I see heaven. What does he say? I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Well, they don't believe Jesus was 
the Messiah. So that's just going to make them more angry. So it's probably just throwing fuel on the fire for them. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice. Not nice. I don't know if nice is the right word. But it's good that he's praying for his enemies right as he dies. You know, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then he it says he fell asleep, which means he dies. He dies, uh, which is in the Old Testament. He rested with his fathers. And the way Jesus talks about it, he's asleep. We go into the sleep of death and we wake up in everlasting life because Jesus lives we will live too but Stephen obviously was someone that the disciples made the right choice in choosing as one of those seven special people an incredible faith that was willing to speak out to people and witness to them even if it meant his persecution and his physical harm and we'll mm-hmm. meet him one day in heaven yeah well that was a good section again if you have any questions or as you were reading along there's something you thought of or a phrase or some part of this story that didn't make sense to you and you have a question or something you'd like to discuss more deeply email Pastor, pastor at the Springs Lutheran dot org. Org, right? Yeah. Org, org. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we would like to continue sharing God's word with you and answer questions if you have any. Tomorrow we will start on chapter eight, and. Uh, continue from there learning about more of the missionary journeys have a great morning